Wow, morning. I need an iPad. That's an invitation for someone. <laughs> Who loves our national anthem? How awesome is that? Like, what a decree, eh? Have you ever read, um, it's online, you can get the, tra- the, the English translation that's translated from the Maori translation. So it's gone from English to Maori to English. And something happens in that process, and it's really good. So go Google it. It's, it's actually really well worded. It's brilliant. But I just love that anthem. It's such a great decree over our nation. Amen. And the other island off to the west. <laughs> uh, we're one people, eh? Who's been enjoying Kingdom School of Transformation? Yeah. Who's been attending the Kingdom School of Transformation? Who has no idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> There's a couple of hands. Where have you been? <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to semester two. It's going to be great. We've had such amazing teaching so far, and there's even more good stuff coming up later in the year. And um, apparently next semester, there's one on Romans, which is just going to be amazing, apparently. Um, I'm, I'm not sure who's taking that, um, but apparently it's quite life-changing. <laughs> so check it out, you know, and there's some other good stuff too. So, yeah, I, I love the fact that we're on a journey. Amen. And it means that things don't remain the same. And I'm a person that gets bored really easy, so I kind of like things to be shifting and moving. I like mystery. I know some people don't, but we're meant to be on a journey, eh, that's progressive. And um, the kingdom is continually adding and building. Amen. The kingdom doesn't know decrease. The kingdom of God doesn't know lack. And that's, that's the journey we're on, eh, of increase of building, from going from glory to glory. And um, over the last little while, building up to Easter, and even the week after Easter, Trent's been, Pastor Trent's been sharing some great stuff. Does anyone remember what the series was about? Resurrection life? You sure? Yeah? <laughs> it's not a trick question. <laughs> yeah, but experiencing the resurrection life. It's an amazing series, and I, recommend, I, just, I just encourage you eh, to go and download the podcasts, listen to them, and actually let something frame within you. It's such a powerful thing that we get, have to get hold of, eh, the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus, and the enthronement of Jesus. There's, there's so much to take hold of that. We don't just stop at the cross. There's a whole victory on the other side that we need to step into. So I encourage you, go, and, go onto the website and, and stream the podcast or... Um, you know, if you've got an iPhone, um, listen to it through the Liberty app. I think apparently the anointing decreases if you're using an Android device. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still praying for Trent. But you know, <laughs> yeah. So there's this whole idea of living from the resurrection, and it's it's more than just an idea, eh? It's actually an experience. It's an experience we've got to step into, we've got to take hold of and, and live from. It's the good news. 
And unfortunately, a lot of us have been taught a gospel that's fixed at the cross. You know, um, we've been taught the gospel of salvation, the need for, for Jesus to die, the forgiveness in our sin. And that's, that's you know, that's, that's great. But we're actually, we're actually part of the gospel of the kingdom. Amen? Which is not only about the death of Jesus, it's the resurrection and the ascension and the enthronement of Jesus where now he reigns over all power and principalities. That's the good news right there. Come on. Not only were you forgiven, not only have you been reconciled to the Father through the death of Jesus, but through his life, you have a new a new life. You have, you have overcome. You have stepped into being more than a conqueror. Wow. I mean, it doesn't just say that you're a conqueror. It says you're more than a conqueror. What? I don't even know what that means, but it sounds really good. You know, someone might have a revelation on that and they can share that later. Um, but more than a conqueror. That means that's like conquering and then going further. Whatever that is. So Jesus, the one who died, he rose again, he ascended, and he's been enthroned, sitting at the right hand of our loving Father. That's the gospel of the kingdom. Reconciled at his death, saved in his, res- saved in his resurrection. Romans 5 says, For if while we were enemies, we are reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Our salvation is in the resurrection. In the resurrection is where, where Jesus overcame all things. He brought us into new life. Amen? It's, this is the fullness of the gospel that, that we really have to take hold of and have to step into. Living on that other side of the cross in the victory of Jesus. And so we're, we're on this journey of moving out of, out of being an orphan in our way we think. And discovering what being a son means. And I'm not going to say son and daughter. Because when I'm talking about a son, I'm not talking about male or female. I'm talking about a position of relationship. Your sonship is a position of relationship. It's not about being male or female. You are a son and a daughter. But, but you're a son. Wow. And so we're learning what that means. And we're learning what that looks like. You know, a son uses his authority, a son uses his strength to present the father's heart. How do we know that? That's what Jesus did. The perfect son. It's quite a hard act to follow. Jesus... (laughs) But we step into that by exploring him, by exploring the Father, by discovering really what a son is. You know, we explore him in our praise, we explore him in our worship, we explore him in our thanksgiving and just doing life with him and doing life with each other. Amen? We have to do life with each other. And I think it's choosing to be a pioneer. And... A pioneer is an explorer. A pioneer is someone who opens the road for others. So a pioneer is an explorer, but a pioneer is also someone who opens the road for others. That's a good thought, eh? 
So in the eyes of a pioneer, the way a pioneering person sees is they see a horizon not as a limitation, but they see a horizon as an invitation. Can you remember, uh, like, can you imagine what, you know, the early pioneers were like? They're, they're sitting cozy on the shoreline and they just see an, a horizon of water. And somebody said, I wonder what's on the other side of that horizon. There has to be more. And they hopped in a boat and they headed out. There's something about uh, being a pioneer that we've infused in our mindset that there is more. There is more to explore. And we're going to explore it. And sometimes we can look at the horizons of limitations and, and, and we can think that's it. We can think that's all there is in this life with God, as much as I can see. And we get stuck actually on the wrong side of the cross. We get stuck on the side of the cross where we miss the abundance found in the resurrection. We get stuck on the other side of the cross where we, we miss the, the, the abundance found in, in the ascension of Christ and the enthronement of Jesus to rule and reign over all things. So what would happen if we got intentional about being pioneers? And that just means actually doing something. (laughs) Deciding, I'm going to be a pioneer. I'm going to decide that the horizons are an awesome invitation to something that I don't know about yet. About something that I haven't seen yet. We actually start to think of possibilities, eh? We actually um, question and we ask What is beyond that horizon? What is beyond what I can see right now? What is beyond what you can see right now? Psalm 27.8 is is such a great verse. You got God saying, seek my face. This is the Amplified In prayer, require my presence as your greatest need. So seek my face. Require my presence as your greatest need. And there's this response here. It says, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, will I seek on the authority of your word. There's this this action in response to this invitation from God to come in for more. And there's this this response to say, my heart, my inner being, all that I am is going to respond to this and say, I'm going to pursue the more because you've decreed it and you've spoken it and you're calling me in. We've got permission to explore. He's calling us to explore him. And if pioneers open the road for others, our life with God becomes a story of what's possible with Father God. Your life will become a story of what's possible with Father God. We become the message. You become the message. You're the message. You're heaven's strategy. Wow. You're his message. You're you're his living testimony. You know, when they crossed the river whichever one it was, Jordan, I think. You know, and they put piles of stones there to, 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 as a monument of what God had done. Those were just dead stones that had no life in them, but they marked an encounter with God. 
But now, you know, Peter talks about us being living stones or living testimonies of what Jesus has done. We're actually a living testimony of what God has done. So our lives become a story of what's possible with the Father. We are the message. Graham Cook uh, has this great quote, which I, you know, it would be good if it was mine. The world doesn't read the Bible, but it does read its Christians. The world doesn't read the Bible, but it does read Christians. That's quite a big thought, eh? I don't know about you, but my first thought was, oh, crap. (laughs) You might think differently. (laughs) Or my thought could have been, oh, dang. Yeah. (laughs) So possibility is framed in our perspectives. You know, we tried to hit this a couple of weeks ago. Who was here a couple of weeks ago? Where, are, where have you people been? <laughs> Put your hands up like really high. Who was here two weeks ago where God kind of just did what he wanted to do? Wasn't that awesome? I love how he does that. And I tried to hit on some of this stuff, but we kind of didn't get there. Who, it was interesting because last week what I did is um, we had such a good time. Well, I did. Um, and the question came up about... Um, who has an impossible situation? And there were lots of hands that came up. There were lots of hands. And, and we talked about how a position of worship shifts the impossible to making it possible. And we're talking about Paul and Silas in the prison house, eh, where they started worshipping and the shackles came off. And the doors opened and a, you know, an outpour of God happened and the whole household got saved. And the people in the prison got saved. You know, just that, that shift of worship. And we just had a time of worship and just putting a demand on, on uh, possibility in the midst of impossibility. It was a good time. So actually, I want to just step out a little bit. And um, who actually had something shift in their impossible circumstance? Put your hand up. Awesome. Come on. Put your hand right up because it's hard to see. Wave him. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so good, eh? <laughs> I, I love what he does. So good. He always leaves things better than he finds them. So our journey will become an invitation for others. And just to scare those people that put their hands up, you might have to share in a moment. (laughs) Our journey will become an invitation for others. A demonstration of what is possible. That's who you are. You're a demonstration of what's possible with God. Wow. You know, if you don't think you've got any good stories yet, the best one that you have that tops all of them is that you're a new creation. (laughs) That you've been redeemed, you've been restored, that you're hidden in Christ, that you're a new creation. Like, wow, that's the greatest miracle. 
So straight away, as a believer, you have a testimony. You are already a message to the world. We become his story written on the earth. You're his story being written on the earth. A couple of years ago, um, this is in Dunedin, I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and um, he's a real interesting guy. Um, we're just chilling out, drinking coffee. Has anyone else noticed that all their testimonies are around coffee? Either, either in the drinking of or the acquiring of coffee, God does something. It's amazing. <laughs> it could be just a statistic, but it's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so anyway, I'm having coffee with my friend. He actually owns the business. So um, does anyone here own a coffee shop? I'm looking for a new friend. <laughs> no? <laughs> Dang. Anyone, like, want to open a coffee shop? No. Anyway, so, so we're, we're, we're chilling out, we're having coffee, and we're talking. I, I love chatting with this guy. Um, he's, he's kind of a believer. He used to go to church for many years, and then he decided to stop because he wasn't going to be a hypocrite anymore. And I thought, I totally support his decision. Get out of church, dude. Why? Not, not you guys, you stay. But, but, but why? Because of the fact that he decided that he, hadn't encou- he had not experienced an encounter with God. Even though he knew God existed, he had not had a personal encounter. And he, and he felt that by him being there, he was pretending. How awesome is that? What an amazing decision. I, I just full credit to him. And so it was cool to hang out with him and share with him and ho- hopefully bring him to a point of an encounter. Amen. But um, so we're hanging out, we're chilling, and then this lady walks in. And I don't, I don't actually even know her name, but she knows me. And she goes, Pete, you've got to come out and meet these people. They're on the street and they're evangelizing. And you've got to come and meet them. Come on. And I'm like, oh, um, well, I'm having coffee. I'm with my friend. And she's like, oh, so she takes off. And so I'm talking to my friend, and next minute she's walking back in, and she's dragging those guys that were out in the street evangelizing into the shop. <laughs> so now, I'm, I'm, I, now I have to meet them. And so, <laughs> yeah, so she introduces me, and they, they tell me that they're here to evangelize South Dunedin, and, you know, thinks it's a good thing. And they hand my friend a brochure, and it lists the Ten Commandments. And they go straight into it, eh? They're saying, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? Well, then you're a sinner and you need to repent. <laughs> and so they're, they're just hammering my friend about sin and repentance. And, and they're not even listening to my friend. They're just, they're just um, heaps of pressure on him and just, just totally dishonoring him. He's like, what the heck? And anyway, so next, next it's my turn. And um, he tries to hand me the brochure with the list of the things that I've done wrong. And, and, um, and I'm like, no. So I refuse it. And I said, dude, I'm a pastor. I'm not taking that. So he doesn't take the brochure, but he, he continues to talk to me about the Ten Commandments. <laughs> so he's going on about, about sin and, and the need of repentance. And, and um, don't get me wrong, sin's a, an issue. Um, but where am I? Somewhere good. 
So, so I, he's talking away, and so I interrupt him. I said, um, ask him this question. Do you, do you prophesy over people? Do you, do you um, love on people? Do you, do you release hope over people? Do you pray for the sick, or do you just tell them they're sinners? And he says to me, oh, yeah, we do that. But they've got to know they're sinners. They've got to repent. He was all passionate about that. And it was just such a, a, you know, a a terrible atmosphere. (laughs) And um, it was a different culture to what I was chasing. And after they went, I was thinking about this experience and realized, man, this is what happens when you're stuck on the other side of the cross. This is what happens when you're stuck on the other side of the cross. This, this guy was faithfully presenting what he knew by, based on what he could see. You know? But he couldn't quite see the abundance of life that was in the resurrection. All he could introduce people to was sin and repentance. It was so heavily sin-focused like I said, don't get me wrong, sin, sin is an issue. But you know what? Not knowing the fullness of the victory of Jesus is a bigger one. Sin is an issue, but not knowing the fullness of the victory of Jesus is a much bigger issue. So my heart really went out for this guy. Well, it did afterwards when I was thinking about it, but not at the time. <laughs> I got a little bit judgmental, but um, I wanted to see a shift happen. Because what what they were preaching, what they're proclaiming, wasn't part of the sound that we were chasing after. It didn't match what I discovered by being an explorer of the Father. Because I can't find the Father on that side of the cross. He's on the other side of it. Colossians talks about Jesus presenting us to the Father, eh? And he's, he's presenting us on the other side and the, the ascension and the victory of Jesus, blameless, without reproach. I love that. There's a, a, an awesome story, a well-known story in John 8, which is um, John chapter 8, verse 1. And Jesus was going to Mount of Olives early in the morning and he came again to the temple and all the people were coming to him and he sat down and began to teach them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery and having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, teacher, this woman's been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law of Moses, now in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such woman. What then do you say? They were saying this, testing him, so they might have grounds for accusing him. Who knows that they were misusing the law there? That's a whole other topic. But But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground. But when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and he said to them, Who is without sin among you? Let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he was left alone and the woman. 
where she was in the center of the court, straightening up. Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go now, for, go now, um, go. from now on, sin no more. You know, I like Jesus' response. It was off the map. It was from a different place, from a different culture. And he released an invitation to go and sin no more. What Jesus brought was an invitation, not a condemnation. And see, this is the abundance of life in the journey that we have. We get to present something to someone that is greater than their horizon. We get to present something to someone that's greater than their horizon. So this, this experience that I had with the repentance guy had me thinking. What if, what if I left things better than I found them? What if I left things better than I found them? You know, and this was a real shifting thought for me, you know, and I encourage you, use every situation to learn, hey, Learn, use, use everything as a, a learning point. You know, like, God, what are you teaching me in this? And so I was asking, God, what are you teaching me in this? Because I didn't react the way I'd like to react to them. Like, it led me to that thought. What if I left things better than I found them? And it was an impacting thought at the time. I even put a sign up in the church kitchen in Dunedin, which read, this kitchen operates under the Jesus model. Leave it better than you found it. <laughs> I think I was probably the, the main one for violating it. <laughs> so I thought, what if I got intentional about leaving a situation better than I found it? Did I leave this guy, the Ten Commandments repentance guy, did I leave him with an invitation that took him past his horizon? And this is not coming from a perspective that I know something that he doesn't know, that, you know, from a high and mighty place. It's just a realization that, that what we carry needs to be given away. Amen? That, that my revelation of the Father has to be given away because that's what a son does. He represents the Father. And so I was thinking, did I leave him with an invitation that shifted him past his horizon where he could see... Um, increase? Did I, did I deposit increase into him? Did, did, um, did I leave something that allowed him to see beyond the cross and into the victory of Jesus? And I don't think I did. I don't think I did. I was way probably judging, you know, and, and it made me think, you know what, I can reject the message, but I shouldn't reject the message carrier. And I was probably rejecting the messenger because of the message. Whereas I can reject the message, but I can be a minister of reconciliation to the messenger. This is really about living a life aligned with the one and only command that we have. Who knows we've only got one command in this life. You know, isn't that good news? Like, it's way better than the hundreds of commands in the, uh, the Mosaic Covenant. This is, as Hebrew says, this is a better covenant. There is one. We find it in John 13. That you would love as you've been loved. That's it. 
that you would love as you've been loved. And by this they will know that you're my disciple. Because you love as you've been loved. Love leaves things better than it finds it, eh? Love, love is compelled by deficiency of love. If, if there's a deficiency, love comes and it meets it. If there's a lack of love, the love comes. If there's a lack of hope, hope comes. If there's a lack of peace, peace comes. If the lack of purpose and identity, love comes and it brings increase where there's lack. You know, in that story with that man who was quite passionate about sin, I didn't, I didn't get to deposit something into him that shifted his horizon. But then since that moment, I've got heaps of testimonies where I got to do that, you know? And that's what happens when you start to be intentional about something. I'm going to be a pioneer that means I'm going to be an explorer of his presence and of his nature and his character, but I'm also going to be a pioneer who makes a road for others by becoming a testimony of Jesus, by saying this is who he is, this is the Father, this is what I get to represent, this is what he's done in me, this is who I am because of him. And we get to boast in him. I remember a story, it actually happened last year, we had Patolo and Fatu come down to Dunedin, <laughs> I had Patolo and Fatu come down to Dunedin. You guys seemed really excited about that. <laughs> but uh, we, had a, we had, ran a school called The Joy of Turning Up, and we went out in the streets, and, and actually before the school even started, we went out, eh? And um, I, just, I just was really compelled uh, to, to talk to this lady behind the coffee counter. Um, told you, everything's around coffee. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think, I think God really likes coffee. <laughs> now, there's a verse that says that those things that are visible were made from the unseen, right? So, in the unseen, I think there's coffee. <laughs> hey? And steak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen the steak this fella had, man. <laughs> Yeah. We're still paying for that conference after feeding Patolo. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so I go I, I just really felt something about this girl and I'm just I ended up going up to her and I said, I got a word of knowledge actually, which led into a prophetic declaration. That's good. The word of knowledge allowed me to see her where she was at and to release that which created a response, and then I could speak an increase to her horizon. And so I said to her, you know, I went into explored the prophetic no-nos, which is relationships, and um, I said to her, like, you're in this relationship right now, and it's, it's heading towards marriage, and it's freaking you out. And she looks at me. I started with this. I said, I'm a, I'm a Christian, and I like hearing what God says what the Father says, and this is what I feel he's saying over you, that, that you're in this relationship right now. It's getting really serious. You're heading towards marriage. And she just stops and looks at me. She goes, you're freaking me out. 
I said, does this sound right? She goes, yes. And so she's, she's really weary of me now because this is, this is strange. And um, so, so I said, well, um, it's becoming a big issue and you're really fearful of, of this next stage. She goes, yeah. I said, you know what love does? She goes, no. Love casts out all fear. And I got to speak into their relationship and I got to speak hope into it. I got to speak love into it. I got to actually speak into her and say that if you make love the center of it, there's going to be no fear in your relationship. And it's going to go well. And I got to bless her. I got to shift her horizon. But you see, um, there's a key thing with all this. That's where you have to leave it because you can't own someone's response to the invitation. Otherwise, you'll beat yourself up. But these are the cool things that we get to do. We get to be pioneers of his presence, explore him, and make roads for other people. We get to ignite people to have a better thought than their current situation. We get to, we get to uh, ignite the concept there's something beyond their horizon that they can see. What a privilege and a joy, eh? So good. And it's really easy because it's just love as you've been loved. Just love as you've been loved and you'll leave things better than you found them. Because it's not your love, it's his love. It's his heart. Just keeping it simple. We can speak into impossible situations and make them possible. Wow. I love that idea. <laughs> Why are you still sitting there for? Yeah. So, who likes testimonies? You guys don't seem convinced. Who likes testimonies? Come on. <laughs> who knows that they are a testimony? <laughs> who knows that they are heaven's strategy? Who knows that they're called to be a pioneer of his presence? Who knows that they're called to be uh, world changers? Who knows that they're called to bring hope to the hopeless? Who knows that they're called to bring love to the loveless? Who knows that they're called to shift horizons in people's lives? That's a great thought. Who's going to be intentional about it? (laughs) That's the tricky bit. (laughs) Hey, it's easy to say on a Sunday. (laughs) I recommend starting with coffee shops. (laughs) Seems to go well. Yeah. I reckon we should hear some testimonies from two weeks ago. Those guys that put their hands up, does someone like to share? Come on, let's give them a hand. Keep it short. Um, a lot of you probably know my heart is, is really for missions and I've been sensing over the last little while that God's really speaking into me about getting back into that heartbeat more and more, not just supporting it but actually doing it more. And because of my health situation, it's not really currently realistic for me to get back overseas long term. But, you know, yesterday I had a miracle. Come on. 
Uh, I was just giving out leaflets to advertise my language classes that I'm starting at my house. And I've been invited to go and teach English at the Buddhist temple in Kelston. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Yeah, why should the missionary have to go? Shouldn't they just come to the missionary? Come on. (laughs) That's so good. Anyone else? You're shy. Come on, Rob. Come on. Come up here. Come down. I'll come up. <laughs> no, I'll come up. You stay there and we'll be the same height. <laughs> um, did you say short? On New Horizons? <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to... Um, Give God the glory. Um, I have a new job. Yay! (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it's not just a new job. (laughs) It's a perfect job. So um, it ticks all my boxes, and um, it's been a long journey, and God is just so good. And, yeah, thank you all for your prayers. But he's just amazing, amazing, amazing. Cool. Come on. So good. Wow. (laughs) So good. Jesus. We're going to have the ministry team come. If there's any of you that aren't on holiday, <laughs> you guys want to come up. We're just going to, we're going to provide an opportunity now for just really people to respond. And especially those testimonies there. Of, um, she had a testimony about a relationship issue where there was fear. Now, if you're experiencing a relationship where there's fear... There's a good time now to respond to testimony A of what God can do. If you've got job issues, there's a great testimony that's been released right there from Rob for you to actually take hold of. Now, if your dreams are still feeling really distant, far away, God's going to do something awesome and it might be unexpected and it might happen a different way to what you're expecting, but He's going to meet you. We heard that story about the missionary where the where those that are in the mission uh, are being missionaryized too. That didn't make sense. But you know what I mean? The people uh, are coming to the missionary. How good is that? So if, the, if you relate to those things, actually go get prayer from these guys. You want to come up as well. Come and get them to release their testimony over you. If you've got any, any, any lack in your body, whether you need healing, any lack of hope, any of those things that doesn't, doesn't look like Him, I just want to open up the opportunity to come forward and get prayer, get ministered to. And let's see awesomeness happen, eh? Let's put a demand on the possible actually happening, eh? Let's not be a, a, a community of believers who settle for lack. When, when we're exploring the God of, of limitlessness. <laughs> Let's just stand and worship. Invite you to come forward. We've got a great group of people who want to just pray over you, pray with you.